Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. This is a Post Time with Mike and Mike production. Quiglet, Jiglet, what a race! Always be Mickey on the outside. Always be Mickey! They're off and it is on! And betting line has taken the lead. Choo-choo! Boom! Just like that! You're tuned in to Harness Racing's fastest 90 minutes post-time with Mike and Mike. With co-host Mike Carter. Believe in the spirit? Do you believe in miracles? And Mike Bozen. Smoking Gun Shaman Hall production. Smoking Gun is flying. Here comes Smoking Gun. I don't know! That just happened! That just happened! Don't touch that dial. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. A lot of great stuff coming up on the show this week. But, uh, Mike, before we kick off the program, uh, I just seen a tweet from our man Gabe Pruitt. Ariana G is going to race in the Philly Futurity coming up on Sunday at the Red Mile instead of going into the uh, male Kentucky Futurity. Very interesting. The number one rated horse in the nation and our good friend Gabe Prude will be joining us uh, to break it down at about 10.50 or so to talk a little bit about that, uh, what's going on in Lexington. Of course, the Grand Circuit meet at the Red Mile. We know falls in the air when the Grand Circuit meet is upon us. Uh, don't blink, you'll miss it, Mike, because it's certainly short, but uh, you jam-pack a lot of quality in that couple of weeks. But uh, there's also more than the Grand Circuit meet, Mike, going on in Lexington. Of course, the Lexington Select Sale. It has been the talk of the harness racing media. It's been covered very well. i got to give our friends at uh, HRU and our friends at uh, DRF Harness and, of course, the USTA just a big, big high five because they have been covering this thing like a blanket. Some mixed signals, Mike, as far as how the sale has gone so far. I think it's down just a little bit uh, as far as uh, numbers compared to last year as far as uh, money is concerned. But there are some positive signs. that We're going to talk about some of those positive signs in just a minute, Mike. Our good friend Kurt Becker, we've had Kurt Becker on the show once, and uh, he's got a lot of harness racing background, although he's certainly more famous for being a thoroughbred announcer at Keeneland, <laughs> which is getting ready to start, by the way. But our good friend Kurt Becker is going to be joining us, Mike. It'll be good to hear from him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he got to call American Pharaohs Breeders' Cup run uh, two years ago, and uh, I'll tell you what, it'll be good to hear from him again. We're also going to have Andrew McCarthy on and talk about a career season he's having so far after winning the 2017 Jugget with Caviar Alley. And I'll tell you what, the ride that these owners are on, Mike, is uh, just an unprecedented one. 
Yeah, certainly is. Andy McCarthy's really coming to his own over the last couple of seasons, and I think the fruits of his labor is starting to blossom uh, this year, of course, with the Jughead win and, and just really coming full circle his career. And he's still a young guy, and uh, he's going to be talking to us probably towards the bottom of the hour, Mike. It's uh, going to be a little bit touch and go because as we speak, he's on a plane heading to Lexington <laughs> from the Philadelphia area. So we are at the mercy of one of our fantastic airlines. And Mike, as you well know, they are always on time. Yes, they are always, always on time. Listen, the Dodgers fan himself, Gabe Pruitt is going to be on. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit of baseball, uh, baseball playoffs coming up, but I'll tell you what, he's gotten the uh, luxury of calling the Grand Circuit races uh, this year. Uh, He'll talk about his experiences during the Grand Circuit, uh, reflect on some of the great racing he's seen so far, and uh, I'm sure he'll want to talk about the upcoming weekend as the Alaraj pace, Mike, that uh, always be Mickey set the world record in will be on Saturday this year year instead of Kentucky for Charity Sunday. Gabe is one of the beacons of hope in this business. I mean, he is not only a fantastic race announcer, but he means so much for this industry and this business. And he's one of the young guys and he relates to young people. And it's great to have him call on the Grand Circuit. Me, we're going to talk uh, to him about that, as you said, plus uh, what's going on down there on the racetrack. And then our Inside Handicapping Series continues. This has been a fun little series, Mike. We've had a couple of guests. We've gotten some great insights from the minds of some of the game's best handicappers and gold sheep bob who uh, is contributing to our website mike on post time with mike and mike.com in the handicappers corner and he's been doing quite well what's he's around 40 percent in the win percentage isn't he yeah, something along those lines. I think he's at 38%. I'll tell you what, we had a good week. Uh, we had a very good week in the Handicappers Quarter at our website, and uh, he does a fantastic job uh, doing Northfield Park selections. But uh, he's got a, a lot of good insight. And, Mike, uh, I know you've got kind of a point system for harness racing, and so does he. So it'll be interesting to see how you two kind of commingle. Well, I'll tell you what, he's been pulling me out of the water. Let me tell you, he's been just doing a fantastic <laughs> job. But, you know, I'll tell you. One of the things that I think we, when we've had Garnet Barnes there, we've had Rich Matei on the show, and of course today we'll have Gold Sheet Bob. One of the things that if you're really bound and determined to make money at this business from a gambling point of view, I think one of the common denominators is sticking to one or two circuits. And as you know, Mike, uh, you're very familiar with Gold Sheet Bob being a play and an announcer at Northfield Park, and Gold Sheet Bob sticks to Northfield Park pretty much like clockwork. And that's his circuit, and he knows the ins and outs. He knows the tendencies. He knows the track biases. He knows the driver's tendencies. He knows the horse's tendencies. I mean, this guy really is the guru of Northfield Park. But that seems to be the common denominator, Mike. If you could stick to one circuit or one racetrack and really hone in on it, there's certainly money to be made. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. Uh, you know, he really hones in. Another track, uh, Mike, you might be surprised that he hones in on is uh, Cal Expo. Uh, he does mm. some uh, handicapping out there. He follows the races out there. And speaking of Cal Expo, before we get to Kurt Becker, how about Jen Bongiorno uh, joining the team out there? Great addition. Congrats to Jen. We've been on the show a couple of times. She brings a youthful exuberance uh, to wherever she goes on the broadcast, and that certainly will bring will be uh, no different uh, at Cal Expo. Her and Gary are going to work fantastic together. I certainly think it was a great addition for our friends out west. All right, Mike. Well, we're going to take a very quick timeout on the backside of this commercial break. The voice of Keeneland in Kentucky and also the Lexington Select Sale. Kurt Becker will join the program. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. 
Now at Bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Want to sport the coolest Breeders' Crown gear? Head on over to Hamiltonian.com. Get your Breeders' Crown hats, polo shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, shot glasses, and more. They make the perfect gift for the harness racing fan in your life. Visit Hamiltonian.com. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Ben America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich, and we're joined now by a man of many talents. He does the Lexington Select Sale, he does a few auctions, he calls the races, and he also calls NASCAR races. Uh, Kurt Becker joins the program. Kurt, how are we doing, my friend? Hey, guys, good to be with you. How's everything with you all? Not too bad. Uh, we are uh, excited at some of the results so far, the Lexington Select Sale. And I, I for one, love the Keeneland meet. Uh, I know this is a harness show, but I love the Keeneland meet, so I'm looking forward to that. But, Kurt, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Lexington Select Sale. And uh, Mike and I were talking off the air a little while ago, and Muscle Hill and Captain Treacherous uh, – really led uh, day number two. Obviously, they led day number one. But another kind of sire that kind of show, showed through on uh, day two was Cantab Hall. You know, Cantab Hall, isn't that the truth? I mean, here's, here's a sire that, frankly, going into this sale was not really a buzzword sire. And you see that happen. Uh, you see those, those venerable sires that have been established. They've had a number of crops to the races and sometimes when you first arrive in town for sale week, uh, all of the talk is about the first crop sires. But uh, Cantab Hall, I think that uh, fans of the sport have got to be smiling when they see the respect 
that he continues to receive. Uh, you guys mentioned him. He had a uh, Philly for 200000 as I recall. He had another for 300000 And, heck, why not? I mean, do you look at the job he's done year in, year out? Perfectly understandable, and it's, uh, it's also a testament to the eye that these horsemen have. Kurt, Mike Bozich here. Let's talk about uh, the day one and day two uh, sales leader. And the first one, uh, day one, was uh, a Father Patrick, a two-year-old cold, uh, or excuse me, cold rifleman, making uh, or earning three hundred thirty thousand dollars from the prospective buyers. In day two, was Beautiful Sin uh, for four hundred eighty thousand dollars. Talk about those two horses and uh, what they look like from uh, your perspective. Well, you know, both of them uh, had the benefit. Of, uh, of being absolutely gorgeous individuals, sleek, racy-looking, uh, the kind that will turn your head and, and catch your eye. The difference to me between those, those two is, is the fact that uh, the maternal families, if you looked at the, uh, the rest of the page, the first dam, second dam, and so on, arguably the Father Patrick Colt that brought 330000 had more that would jump off the page and catch your attention than the Muscle Hill Philly who brought 480? Uh, the Father Patrick Colt that you mentioned that sold for 330,000 opening night uh, was out of designed to be. So you had a, a champion first dam. The Muscle Hill Philly that Northwood Bloodstock sold for 480,000 last night. If, if you looked at the pedigree, you would say, yeah, okay, you know that's a fine pedigree, but it wasn't something that would overpower you. And I tell you what, I think that goes back to. You, you take a look at a, uh, a red-hot sire like Muscle Hill and then couple that with a sharp-looking individual. I, I remember the late Phil Tully, who operated Woodstock Stud and uh, was the, uh, the gentleman who put on the Garden State Standard Bread sales for years at, at the Meadowlands and at Freehold. Phil always said a good-looking horse will outsell its pedigree. So you take this filly last night who's by a hot sire – has an eternal side that is fine but not overpowering, but then she's a sharp individual when she walks in the ring, ends up, you know, really ringing the bell. Now, Kurt, you mentioned earlier about the first-year uh, horses that really kind of take the shape. That's the kind of talk of the town, and you never really know what they are going to do. Obviously, uh, sires like Father Patrick, uh, his two-year-olds will be hitting the track uh, this year. When you go and you're looking at the sale, let's just say they don't have much of a, uh, you know, obviously they've never bred before. What what exactly are they looking for in uh, horses besides, you know, their confirmation and uh, the mother side? You know, it's always interesting to me to go spend some time out at the stable area the day before the sale gets underway and just kind of stand back and observe. And uh, granted, the next horse I train will be my first, but uh, on Monday I got to town and I went out to the sale pavilion on Monday morning and spent a few hours just going from barn to barn and snapping a few pictures of these yearlings and, uh, and watching the inspection process. And everybody is different. I mean, you'll have some trainers that they, they might look at the hip. They might look at the slope of the shoulder. Uh, they might look at the, the overstep when the horse walks to try to get an idea for the stride. Uh, I heard, I heard of one of my favorite discussions. There were, there were two trainers that were looking at a yearling, and I heard one say, ah, he said, I don't really like this colt. He said that there's just something about his eye that I don't like. And I heard the other trainer say, well, you know, I found out over the years the eye doesn't have a whole lot to do with how fast they go. So 
you know, everybody's everybody's got his or her own little quirk, so to speak. Visiting with Kurt Becker, uh, Kurt, uh, of course, at the uh, Lexington Select Sale. And, and Kurt, let's talk about some of the numbers now uh, from usdrotting.com. Uh, basically, 251 yearlings have collected $22,700,000. Uh, that's about a 90, a little bit over $90,000 average. The figure's down a little bit from last year's uh, performance. Obviously, last year was a record-breaking affair, so that's not too bad, down 2.1%. But there are some good numbers. Uh, from the management's point of view, uh, from the, uh, you know, the people that run the sale, are they pleased through the first two days? They are. Uh, matter of fact, I had a, a chat with Bruce Brinkerhoff from the uh, the staff of the Lexington Selected Company, and, and uh, Bruce is, is a guy who's very much immersed in this deal all year long. He's part of their yearling inspection crew. Um, he's one of the people that helps oversee the production of the catalog. He's responsible for helping get the reserves pulled together, helping get the updates to the uh, announcers on the stand. So, so Bruce is a guy that really sees all angles of this. The sale last year, uh, I believe he said there have only been three standard bread sales in history that have carried a $100,000 average. Last year's Lexington Selected is one of them, and the other two, uh, you have to go way back to the 1980s to when Alan Levitt would have the Lana Lobel yearling sales on the farm in Bedminster, New Jersey, which is you know kind of a different situation, obviously uh, a boutique farm sale. So, uh, so yeah, they, I think they were realistic coming in. It was going to be tough to repeat that, but uh, I think that what the just getting gauging the the temperature in the room, what what I have heard is you know you got to factor in there was an $800,000 sale topper last year. Uh, so obviously that that helps skew the average somewhat. We haven't had one uh, in that range this year, and we won't. But the action has been very good. The bidding's been lively. In fact, last night uh, there, I think the the uh, sale management was particularly pleased. Uh, I think what happens, guys, is sometimes on opening night, sometimes you get a situation where folks are a little bit timid. They're waiting to see how things are going to go. Then by the time they get in and start bidding, sometimes they get shut out, and uh, that money then carries over to the second night, and I think you'll see the same thing again this evening. I think there were people swinging last night that were getting shut out on horses, so they'll be back tonight, and they've still got money to spend. Kurt, uh, real quick before we let you go, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of horses that kind of walk through the ring and maybe, you know, from day one or day two or anything uh, going forward, do you see any maybe surprise horses or underdog horses that uh, could potentially spark a little bit of value or have you seen any so far? You know, there, there have been a few. Uh, in fact, last night, one that jumped off the page at me was a Donato Hanover filly that Andy Miller picked up for $18,000. Uh, another one, there was a Trixton Colt uh, from the first crop by Trixton uh, that a trainer from Iowa picked up for $12,000. Uh, even uh, Tony Alanya bought a Captain Treacherous Colt for 45000 which in the big scheme of things for that first crop, uh, if you know Tony obviously knows Captain Treacherous probably better than anybody, so if he saw a Colt under 50000 by him that he liked, that tells me something. Uh, you guys were talking about Cantab Hall. You know, they, he's had fillies uh, in the six-digit range just like breaking sticks. Well, Jimmy Tactor got a Cantab Hall filly for 47000 last night. You know, it's, it's all in one's perspective. It's, and I think, guys, if you look historically in this sale going forward, these remaining three nights, 
The other side of it is you will often see some, some yearlings that can be bought at a decent price that will pop up and make a big, big impact at the top level of the stakes world the following year. That's always exciting to see happen. Well, Kurt, listen, before we let you go, uh, well, we certainly appreciate you giving us all this great insight from the Lexington Select Stale. Still a couple of nights to go there, but uh, your father, Carl Becker, a Hall of Famer now, uh, and uh, I was getting some reports from the Lexington Select Sale that, uh, you know, he, I mean, he was just walking with his head up high, certainly a fantastic career, and, and obviously your father has a lot to do with where you are today, uh, you uh, still seek some advice from every once in a while. Like, I know you got a, a big uh, meet coming up at Keeneland, getting ready to start. You still ask a dad, hey, what am I doing right? What am I doing wrong up in that booth? There, There's no question. <laughs> there's, you know, I'm, I'm 48 years old, and uh, I've been calling races since I was 16, but you are spot on correct. I, I always love knowing that, uh, that, that the communication line is open. And, uh, and, you know, and, it's, and, and people have been so kind, guys. They've been so gracious to, to my dad and to our family. Uh, and, and my father has been reflecting. He told me last night at the sale, he said, you know, there are so many great people, good friends that, that he has made in the harness racing business over the years. And he said, you know, it, it, it kind of hit him. If not for having had the chance to be part of this great sport, he would have missed out on knowing these folks. And they, it's really uh, the, the whole experience for him has been a little overwhelming. And I know he's uh, extremely grateful for all the kindness people have shown. All right. Well, Kurt, you've got some grade one races coming up. I think you've got a whole bunch of them in a short span at Keeneland, don't you? You know, that's, that's true. It's uh, opening weekend, and uh, we start tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern. A lot of horses coming through, making their final stop on the way to the Breeders' Cup out at Del Mar. And, guys, it's always fun for me because, you know, the, the, the friends I have in the, in the hardest world, I, I love it when they will say, hey, I'm coming out to the races at Keeneland, and sometimes they'll, they'll swing upstairs to the booth and say hello. So it's, it's always fun for me at this time of year with the standard bread folks in town. It gives me a chance to uh, renew some acquaintances, and it's just a lot of fun. Fantastic. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, my friend. And obviously we're looking forward to uh, the next couple of nights at the Lexington Select Sale and uh, and good luck uh, coming up on the Keeneland meet, sir. Fellas, I, I appreciate it. It's always good to have a chance to catch up with you. And thanks for the job that you all do covering the sport. Uh, I wish that more folks would understand the importance of making and taking advantage of everything we can, social media, the web, the whole deal. So, guys, uh, keep up the good work. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. That was Kurt Becker, one of the game's best, one of uh, Harness Racing's best, one of uh, Thoroughbred Racing's best. And obviously, Mike, he's having a good time down at the Lexington Select Sale. And, you know, I'll tell you, that is where, you know, a lot of dreams, I think, begin to happen, obviously, are these sales. You know, because, I mean, you're you're getting these horses, you're spending top dollar for these horses, and maybe not so much spending top dollar for these horses. You know, Kurt brought up a good point about the, the horse that Andy Miller got for $18,000. Just because you're spending three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 on a horse, Mike, that certainly doesn't mean that's not an automatic ticket to greatness on the racetrack. 
Definitely. I mean, we've seen horses like he's watching uh, go for uh, very small amounts, Mike. Uh, Zenyatta only went for forty-five or 50000 because uh, she had a rash. Uh, you know, people didn't like the way she looked. And so that was uh, kind of why I wanted to ask about the kind of the value aspect of it. But, Mike, the biggest one I was surprised uh, by was the Captain Treacherous for $50,000. That's an incredible steal, if you ask me. Yeah, it certainly is, and and that's the thing. I mean, you've got a lot of these guys with obviously uh, big bank roles that go in, they can afford a lot of the best horses, they can take a chance on what they perceive to be a lot of the best horses, the most typed horses going into these sales, and then you've got some of the bargain hunters. And I think that's one of the joys of this game is when you can find a bargain for a low, low price that goes on to do great things. I mean, Mike, you have to think that that even makes makes it sweeter. Yeah, definitely. Especially, I mean, if you can get a horse for, you know, 25, 30, maybe even 40,000 and, you know, maybe win a sire stakes final or something like that, you get a huge return on investment. And some of these bigger stables, uh, they like to purchase off of those uh, sire stakes. So if you get one that can really perform, especially for a uh, cheap, uh, cheaper price, Mike, you can get a really big return on investment, especially with Kentucky doing the reciprocal now that I mean, that makes it even more uh, conscious uh, value wise. Certainly, certainly. Well, on the flip side of this timeout, I see the good old 859 area code ring. And that can only mean one thing, Mike Carter. It's our man, Gabe Pruitt. We're going to talk some grand circuit action after Red Mile coming up after this on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Ten world-class trotters, seven countries, one million dollars on the line. It's the Yonkers International Trot on Saturday afternoon, October 14th at Empire City Casino. Defending champion Resolve tries to win another one for America. Enjoy trackside festivities including an international beer garden, live music, and more. Plus, the first 5,000 guests will receive a free hat. Manhattan's closest casino is off the Deegan Expressway, Metro North, or the 4 train. The Yonkers International Trot on October 14th. Post time at 1 p.m. Race on. Must be 18 years of age to play New York Lottery Games. Please play responsibly. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. The Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono is fast and phenomenal. Fall racing is here. We race Mondays at 4.30, Tuesdays and Saturdays at 6.30, and Sundays at 7.30. The Ghost and Poltergeist Pace is coming up. Spooky Gray Paces and a Halloween Spooktacular on October 31st. Sponsored by the Harness Racing Museum and Hall of Fame. Children in costumes are welcome. Stop by the museum gift shop in the racing lobby. The Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Join Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment as racing resumes on Friday, September 8th for two weekends of live harness racing action. Then Thoroughbred Racing begins on Friday, October 6th, 2017 and runs through November 11th, 2017. Then harness racing will resume on Friday, November 17th and run through the end of the year. For more information, simulcast schedule and more, visit PlayMeadowlands.com. 
are back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by our friend Gabe Pruitt. And uh, Gabe, we know that's your favorite intro song. It's kind of like your uh, walk-up music when the uh, when you're about to hit a home run for the Cubs. I mean the Dodgers. The Dodgers. <laughs> I'm looking forward to taking on those Cubs. Hopefully they can make it to the NLCS. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Well, listen, real quick, before we uh, dive into the Red Mile, uh, some exciting times uh, for me and you and, uh, you know, possibly Bozich. I'm not sure that the Cubs have that much of a chance, but I'll tell you what, the Dodgers have been playing some fantastic baseball, and uh, I believe they have the winningest record, don't they? Well, they had a great season, uh, Mike. They um, Obviously, at one point, we, we fell on hard times towards the um, – back half of the season but i think we got things rolling right now kershaw's back he's good and healthy and uh i think we're ready to go arizona's not uh they got a good team but uh hopefully we can get it done i know you're you're on the american league side which you know there's not much going on over there oh boy here we go all right let's talk about these uh red mile races coming up on uh, saturday gabe i'll tell you what i've been looking over this program and uh you know it's a, a fantastic grand circuit card that you guys have obviously a couple of late closures thrown in there uh but we'll start with race number two and it's the international stallion stake for two-year-old colton gelding pacers and uh, a horse that i kind of admired uh, a little bit was jk wildfire who is yet to score a victory uh but picks up Brian Sears for trainer Ron Burke. Uh, Shadow Cat's been racing decently, but so has closing statement, Gabe. Uh, Joe Holloway seems like he's got another very good one here uh, by some beach somewhere. You know, he does, uh, Mike. That's a nice colt. He was a beaten favorite last week, Nutcracker Sweet, but he's been very sharp. Uh, he's uh, won five of nine so far this season, and uh, obviously a very talented colt. Colt kind of caught my in that division, Hayden Hanover. He was uh, that uh, good runner-up and behind loss in time in the Metro uh, at 35-1 to 1 from post-10. He draws post five there. That's a son of some beach somewhere for trader Julie Miller. He really seems to be getting better and better with every single start, so that's exactly what you'd like to see from a, a two-year-old. We've also got This is the Plan with trader Chris Ryder, who won a Grand Circuit State here last week. And in true Grand Circuit fashion, Mike, we've got um, one of the top Colts in Indiana, have begun to uh, take on some of the national stakes colts here in GD Western Joe, who draws post eight for Trader Ron Burke, uh, a very talented son of Real Desire, who's uh, really uh, lit things ablaze in Indiana. He's hit the board in 10 of 11, earned 166,000. Uh, he's a son of Real Desire. So uh, that's a very deep group, good group uh, in race two on Saturday. Gabe, the Alaraj Farms open trot, purse $136,000 is on Saturday. And talk about a loaded field here, including Pinkman, uh, who uh, shows up uh, all of a sudden for trader Jimmy Tactor, has finished second in the three starts. Hasn't really returned to the championship form that he had uh, when he won the Hambletonian, but Hanalore Hanover uh, returns. And another horse that's kind of interesting to me is uh, Frank Antonacci's Mambo Lindy, who's won nine races, uh, is definitely definitely got the speed to be with this group. The question is, is uh, is it going to be a little too tough? Well, I think it's an interesting trio you mentioned, Mike. Of course, Pingman are nearly two and a half million at the ages of two and three, but it really hasn't been hurt from much of his four and five-year-old uh, campaigns. But I will mention he in an overnight here last week. He tried it in 51 and changed, so we'll see if he can regain that championship footing. The real question for Handel or Hanover, are we going to get her best punch here after being tortured? and parked every step of the mile in that Dayton Derby. She was out there past the half, 54 and change. Obviously packed it in there late, so we'll see if she could rebound after that tough trip. And I think you mentioned the fresh horse is Mambo Lindy. 
the horse won nine of 13, but he's been primarily racing against uh, Overnight Company at, at the Open Handicaps at Plain Ridge. He did try Maple Leaf Trotters at Mohawk. He won an elimination as a 26-to-1 upsetter. Didn't fire back in the final, but he was good here last week. He won in 51-4. and four. That was a lifetime best effort. Did defeat Pinkman there. So this horse uh, really has been flying under the radar a bit this season. It'll be interesting to see if he can step up and take down some of the uh, top trotters in North America. They have an interesting field in the International Stallion Stake for two-year-old filly Pacers. And number three, Better Than Graduate, has been kind of an interesting horse. Uh, has a mark of 55 this season and is out of Better Than Cheddar, uh, who has two horses, only two horses sold at the Lexington Select Sale for a total of $157,000. I think this is a uh, very good uh, filly, and she has a big chance against this group. Out of a great dam to uh, Mike Western graduate. It was a very nice uh, Western Hanover mayor. This race actually chose trainer Ron Burke to finish first, second, and third in here. Uh, believe it or not, uh, he's got a trio in this group of seven. And I really like to find major special lady. She's been chasing very tough companies. She's been finishing very close. I think she really stands out in this group. I did try the mayor. You mentioned better than graduate to be second. She was better than I expected last time, Mike. She got away last, split horses late. Finished a very good third here in the opening week at the Grand Circuit. The fifth race gave, I'll tell you what, this is another very competitive field. The well-said, uh, sired strong opinion kind of sticks out off the page at me. 152 and three mark has made $134,000 this year. Obviously rainbow bloom though, is uh, going to be the uh, heavy, heavy looker. Gabe, some beach somewhere doing very well at the uh, Lexington select sale has uh, sold 23 horses and a little over 2.6 million. Well, there's no question, Mike. He's the proven center out there. Obviously, uh, a lot of the buzz has been around the uh, first uh, crops of, of Sweet Lou and Captain Treacherous and the likes, but some beach somewhere, obviously, you can't go wrong. We had seven stakes divisions last Saturday for two-year-olds here at the Red Mile. Some beach somewhere sired the winners of five of those seven divisions. So, obviously, he's just right at the top uh, uh, level always. And Rainbow Room is going to be a big favorite. She was beaten as a big favorite here last week, though, I will caution. Cause inside for Trader Joe Hottaway, driver Dave Miller. How about the Philly Bill won the She's a Great Lady at 40 to 1 for Trader Ron Burke? You are my candy girl. Uh, she arrives in uh, for this event as well, Mike. Uh, down the road there, she was 40 to 1 in that She's a Great Lady final. I think if you missed the party at that price, likely going to be much shorter here on Saturday afternoon. Listen, I didn't send it in uh, when I was supposed to. By the way, we'll get to we'll get to the send it in in a second, though, because uh, I actually got a surprise from our man uh, B and Coney when he got back, but from the jug. So, uh, anyways, uh, the sixth race, the International Stallion Stake for two-year-old Colton Gelding Pacers, and again here, Gabe, we see a lot of some beats somewhere. You got some betters delight, Western Ideal, Roll with Joe, kind of sticks his head in here from New York, but the horse that I. Uh, think that is to beat here is Carpathian Kid. Carpathian Kid draws post number seven for trainer Irv Miller and driver David Miller. And obviously the other competitor is the Better's Delight sired West Delight. You know, Carpathian Kid, uh, Mike, actually went off as one or two favorite against the one points north last time at Harris Philly. Uh, came up just short in the third place effort. Points north, the one there. I really thought the guy was going to contest for class. He just sort of sun beach somewhere here last week. Uh, he, the first four starts of his career, he was just uh, okay, to be quite honest. He was racing in some of those mid-level Pennsylvania Stallion series and uh, just not overly impressive. But then he has ripped off five consecutive wins, including a stakes win here last week. Again, he beat Carpathian Kid the last time they hooked up here on September the 24th. This horse draws post one. I think he's proven 
but he certainly belongs here at the top stakes level. You said West Alight. He made a break in his stride here last week, but I look for him to rebound. He's a very talented son of betters Alight. And then um, the other horse that I'm giving a look to in there is the six Babes Dig Me, Predator Tony Alanya. Uh, this horse knocking on the door. He actually went off as a favorite in one of his Metro eliminations and uh, packed it in there, but he did bounce back in a big way here. He sprinted on very well last week. He's 6-1 to one in the morning line, and I think this horse has a, a puncher's chance in uh, what I believe to be a bit of a more wide-open group in the sixth on Saturday. Now, the top money earner in race number seven is the five-band stand. Has made $175,920 for trainer Tony Alanya. Has won five of six races and has only missed the board one time. But I'll tell you what, it looks like a, a very competitive field on paper. You know, it is, Mike. Bandstand only missed was here against Grand Circuit Company last week. So she's still going to have to prove that she can take that next step forward. She's a very talented filly, but she swept through that Kentucky Sire Stakes program. She's in against the better fillies now. I was impressed so much with the six kissing in the sand here last week. Trader Nancy Johansson actually took a perfect trip, but got by Rainbow Room, who we all regard as one of the top fillies in North America. I thought that was a big-time effort. Uh, I look for her to come back and uh, repeat. Uh, likely going to be a short price, though, on uh, Saturday afternoon. It looks like uh, Brian Brown has got another very uh, good uh, two-year-old Colton gelding uh, pacer in Rockin' Josie. It's a rock and roll dance uh, sired um, colt here, Gabe, and is out of that's a New York sire. So rock, Rockin' Josie looks like a uh, a horse that could really show up against this group. But Nutcracker Sweet has proven that he has the speed for Trader Jimmy Tactor. You know, he has, Mike. I love this cold when he first started baby racing this summer when I was at the uh, Meadowlands, actually racing a couple of overnights there to begin his career. At one point, driver Tim Teacher told me that he was uh, the nicest two-year-old he had sat behind in 2017. That was a couple of months back, so I'm not sure if he still has that same opinion. But it does tell you the regard that they held this cold in when he did first show up on the scene. He had a tough a post there in the Metro, really never got involved. Did bounce back with a win here in Grand Circuit Company last week. This is just not an overly difficult spot. It's almost as if Nutcracker Sweet Company goes, so I think he is clearly the one to beat. He's even money in the morning line. Uh, looks like maybe a layup uh, on the Saturday afternoon's eighth race. An American Ideal sired horse in Mamberick, number six in race number nine. Coming up on a Saturday, Gabe is five for six with a mark of 52 and two. And looks like uh, Jessica Crisco might have another uh, very good Colton Gelding Pacer on her hands. Well, I don't want to sell him short, Mike, because he is a very talented colt. There's no question. I thought he was overmatched when he got here last week. I actually had him 8-1 to one in the morning line. I didn't think he'd take an overly amount of play because he had been racing against those New York Excelsior A companies, just sort of the second level of the New York Sire Stakes. We took a shot against Grand Circuit Company here last week, but he took a ton of action. They bet him down a 3-1. to one. Uh, He did flatten out late finish fifth. I think he's still overmatched here in a very deep group. I think this is the deepest group. Uh, all afternoon as far as these two-year-old pacing holds go. We've got a very interesting prospect in the rail. That's the one Springsteen. He was uh, a good second in one of the Metro Eliminations predator driver. Chris Ryder had him at that point. Well, he's got a private purchase, it appears, because he debuts for trainer Renee Allard here on Saturday afternoon. So Sears takes over the driving duties, whereas Chris Ryder had been driving him prior. So this horse, uh, a bit of a wild card. He's likely to take some action uh, off that angle. You've got two lost in time, a set of rock and roll dance. For the Rock and Roll Dance Connections, trainer Jim Mullinex, who won the uh, Metro, of course, the three on a big deal, won a Grand Circuit Stake here last week. And you've got to all the way outside, Mike, the eight-day hungry was a colt that uh, began his career three for three 
Actually went off five to two in the Metro. Uh, did tire a bit late, finished fifth, but still very talented Colton in his own right. I think it's a wide open shootout in the ninth race. Race number 10 is a race I know you have to be excited for as 10 Pacers vie for the 146 title uh, that uh, always be Mickey set last year. Obviously, uh, I don't think we'll go that fast, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't put out a 146 in four mile. You've got a bunch of 147s here, uh, Gabe, and a very loaded field in the Alaraj Farms Horse and Geldings open pace. Uh, all bets off draws post number 10. Split the house uh, draws the inside as a mark of 48 and two for trader Chris Oaks. And a, uh, another Indiana horse comes in in Manhattan Beach. You know, Mike, you could really make a mention of every single one of these horses. It is a wide-open field. Last year, of course, we were all excited. We wanted to see what type of time that's always be Mickey to go in the all-rounds. But as you remember, it was a short field. He was a huge favorite. It was not a great betting race. You said it. We may not get the time that we were looking for uh, this year or any type of shot at the world record. Who knows? We could. But uh, it certainly doesn't seem to be that way ahead again. But we have a 10-horse field that is completely – uh, wide open. I made the very slight favorite, uh, number four, Delta winner at 7-2 to two on the morning launch. That tells you what type of field this is. I don't think you could eliminate anyone from contention in this field. Uh, the last horse you mentioned, Manhattan Beach, he was a big long shot in that Hoosier Park pacing derby, but he finished 30, sprinting home in 25-3, and three, uh, finishing a, a length and three quarters behind all bets off, so I don't think you can eliminate him at this point, uh, nor anyone else. So I think it's going to be a very good group Really impress, uh, looking forward to watching it. The horse that really uh, stands out in my mind, maybe if you're going to take a swing at a, a win-type proposition, is the six McWicked. He's 9-2 in the morning line. Bet that is a favorite in that Dayton pacing derby. The line does not look great, Mike. Uh, he finished last, but he was beating six lengths. But uh, this is why we go back and watch our replays. This horse, uh, as many may already know, was completely trapped in, had nowhere to go, just a complete uh, block there. Uh, as it was a horse park the whole mile that sort of ruined the outer flow. He could never get out. So I think McWicket off that troubled trip, I'm going to look for him to uh, bounce back on Saturday afternoon. Guys, uh, let me throw something in here. If you're looking for a long shot in this race, Wakazashi Hanover was coming off of a win at Harris Philly uh, in the winner's over on Sunday. And I'm going to tell you what, he looked really really good doing so it was a race with a lot of movement he left from post seven uh kind of got blocked a little bit uh then somehow got into the pocket spot there was so much movement in that race somehow was able to get into the pocket spot and despite being used early into some pretty brisk fractions was able to close up on the inside it's the best that and it was a good field too it's the best that i have seen wakazashi hanover look in quite some time of course the 2015 pepsi north america cup winner Tim Tietrich gets back the reins. This could be a horse, guys. I mean, obviously, in a race like this, you want to demand value. But uh, I'll tell you what, if we can get 10, 15 to 1 or more, I think Wakazashi Hanover might be worth a play, Gabe. I think you're right, Mike. I think that uh, you said it. He is obviously rounded back into form, and he looks as good now as we've seen him in quite some time. We've all been waiting for him to uh, sort of cycle back. Uh, it was Tietrich's choice, in fact, over the seven Boston Red Rocks, whom he had driven uh, in the past. So uh, post nine, not an easy assignment, but I think you'll get a price that'll be merit, uh, worth meriting taking a shot on Wakazashi Hanover. He's 15 to 1 in the morning line. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens. Obviously, you're going to have to demand value at a race like that because I think any one of those paces can certainly wake up and get the job done. But, Gabe, real quick before we let you go, obviously you're the voice of the Grand Circuit meet now, is, and, you've, and you certainly have been doing a, a heck of a job, as we all know that you would. Do, do the butterflies come back now that you, you're calling these races of uh, obviously such much more value? You know, Mike, to be quite honest, the first few nights uh, when we raced at night, uh, there was not much uh, of a difference. Obviously, we had some great racing, and, and uh, it was great to see, but it uh, didn't really seem uh, much different. You know, Sunday was extremely tough. Uh, that was the first day uh, I called afternoon racing and, and all these years the Red Mile. Uh, so that that was a little different, uh, and I think primarily uh, one of the main reasons we were honoring our, our longtime friend and colleague, uh, you know, Sam McKee that day with his tribute, his memorial race, and, you know, it just, uh, it feels, you know, we just miss him so much. On those afternoon posts, I think it really just, just stands out because, um, you know, we, we we just miss him a lot. So Sunday was extremely tough. Um, otherwise, it's been all good, so we'll see how this week shakes out as well. Hey Gabe, real quick. Uh, I know, uh, I know. Uh, we, you know, I don't want to touch on anything sad here, but when I when I saw, I, I think you remember when I came down uh, to Lexington. By the way, if you've never been to Lexington, you got to go at least one time. And I sat up in the booth with Sam McKee, and it was uh, it was a cold, windy night up there, and I felt like I was going to get blown off the roof. And Sammy told me, he goes, you know, calling during the night here isn't so bad, but calling during the day, whoo wee, it's a little bit a uh, little a little bit different, that's for sure. <laughs> I can uh, I agree with his assessment. It is much different. I don't know if that's because I'm so used to calling at night, where it's uh, it's you know pretty, pretty handy at this point. But uh, yeah, it's a little different during the daytime. You've got uh, the angles, and uh, it's it's not an easy track to call at. I think if you're just stepping into it, uh, regardless, due to some of the angles. But so the daytime definitely shakes things up. Uh, luckily, though, Mike. We never know what type of weather we're going to get here in Kentucky uh, this time of year. I mean, there have been nights uh, during the Grand Circuit where, as you said, you're about to blow off the roof. I've been out doing winter circle interviews, dressed like I was headed to Anchorage, Alaska. Uh, It can get pretty nasty here at some points this time of year, but we are in store for beautiful weather here in week two. It's going to be right at 80 degrees today and looks like all the way through Sunday. We had a beautiful weather week last week as well, so I'm very blessed that I'd have to deal with the elements, at least, uh, in my uh, season here calling the Grand Circuit. All right, Gabe. Well, we certainly appreciate you taking time out to uh, join us here this morning. And uh, listen, I'll be wearing uh, my Send It In shirt coming up uh, this weekend. All right, guys. Send it in. Enjoy the great racing. All right. That was Gabe Pruitt, the voice of the Red Mile uh, and the Grand Circuit meet at the Red Mile. And Mike, I'll tell you what, he's done a fantastic job uh, so far uh, taking, uh, not necessarily taking the place of Sam McKee. We don't really want to say that, but, you know, filling in for uh, Sam McKee, who uh, passed away earlier this year. Well, I'll tell you what, it has to be number one on the Amazon bestsellers list, the uh, uh, Red Mile Grand Circuit programs with uh, Sam McKee's mug right on the front page. I'll tell you what, I know Gabe has probably fielded a lots and lots of calls to try to put some of them things away. And I'll tell you what, I know I put my order in, but uh, just, yeah, and, and you know Sam's presence is there. Absolutely, Sam's presence is in that booth, and you can still hear you know, the pain. I mean, when, when Sam McKee's name is brought up, you, it just brings a, an empty feeling to everybody. You can hear it in Gabe's voice. Mike, I can hear it in your voice. You can probably hear it in mine. And, and uh, I will tell you one thing, Sam has got to be very, very happy 
uh, and very proud of Gabe because Gabe has certainly stepped up to the plate. He's given us some all-star race calls down there, and, and we knew he would, Mike. Obviously, Gabe's a very, very talented announcer, and uh, he's very, very young, so he's only going to get better if that's, uh, you know, if that's even possible because Gabe's already at the top of his game. But, yeah, I mean, talking about Sam, it's still – it's uh, Sam's still here, put it that way. Yeah, I completely agree with that statement. And uh, more than a colleague, Gabe is also a, a very close personal friend of mine. And I'll tell you what, we've had a, we've had some crying sessions and we've had some times where we just sat and talked and reflected and uh, talked about the good memories. And I'll tell you what, he's done a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, I always knew he, he would be good down there. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see where uh, his career takes him. All right, moving right along, it's uh, time for our Inside Handicapping Series. Gold Sheet Bob will be joining us. Of course, Gold Sheet Bob is a contributor to Post Time with Mike and Mike.com. You can find his Monday Northfield selections on the Handicappers Corner section of the website. We're going to get into the handicapping mind of Gold Sheet Bob, see if he gives us see if he can give us some tips and tricks on uh, what to look for as far as picking winners goes on the racetrack. Plus, Andy McCarthy, Mike Carter, Andy has landed <laughs> yes landed <laughs> into uh lexington and he's going to be joining us towards the bottom of the hour you've got post time with mike and mike presented by bet america now at bet america every track is a bonus track earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track we also offer more points for all exotic wagers and don't forget about our weekly promos check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Here at The Stable, our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse. The stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system. At the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. Want to sport the coolest Breeders' Crown gear? Head on over to Hamiltonian.com. Get your Breeders' Crown hats, polo shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, shot glasses, and more. They make the perfect gift for the harness racing fan in your life. Visit Hamiltonian.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Got 
We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. Still lots of great things coming up on the program. But right now we're joined by handicapper extraordinaire, Mr. Goldsheet. Bob, what's going on? Bob, how we doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me on the show. All right, Goldsheet. Well, listen, you, you're picking winners at a 38% rate on our website, posttimewithmikeandmike.com. If you haven't checked out his selections, make sure you do so every Monday for Northfield Park. Uh, talk to us a little bit uh, real quick first, though. How did how in the world, and I know I've heard this story a hundred times, how the heck did you become Goldsheet? Well, what happened was about um, 10, 15 years ago, I would always purchase the seats outside four or five tables on the big signature racing nights at Northfield. And we'd invite friends, friends of friends and coworkers. And I'd always buy everyone a, a free drink and give them a, a tip sheet. And um, one day I was a little bit late and everybody was going to my buddy. Cause me and him are the ones that would set it up and goes, wait, where's that guy with the yellow sheet, the gold sheet. And I'd always use a yellow or gold stationary. Cause I had a whole bunch of it. And um, he would go, he mean Bob. And they go, yeah, then another person would come up to one another. And they'd go, hey, that, that gold sheet, I need it. And he'd go, Bob, yeah. And then ever since that day, my name was Gold Sheet Bob. Bob, Mike Bozich here. Obviously, we uh, watch you guys do the Facebook Live yourself, Mike Carter, uh, prior to the Northfield Park action on Monday. And, of course, uh, you contribute to our website, post time with Mike and Mike.com in the Handicappers Corner section. And you seemingly focus on one circuit, even though I found out now that you also dabble in some Cal Expo a little bit, but Northfield Park pretty much is your bread and butter. How important is it for a handicapper, if you're serious on making money in this game, how is it, how important is it for a handicapper to focus in on one or two circuits at the most? Well, I think that it's not necessarily the number of circuits that you focus on. It's how you attack each one. You have to chart your own strengths and weaknesses and bet accordingly. If you're good at picking the winners, then you bet to win. If you're good at finding that horse in second, um, you go for exactas. If your top horse comes in first or second or a lot, you have to wheel it in first and second. It all depends on the strength. But to answer your question, focusing on one or two, I mean, for me, I don't have um, enough time to focus on more than two. You just have to pick the number of tracks that you can handle. And if you're not um, conquering one of them, you don't want to go to a second one. Now, Bob, obviously everybody has their own system, and I've kind of seen your, your your system. And I'll tell you what, it really works, uh, especially when it comes down to narrowing down the you know to your superfectas and you know in super high fives and that sort. Uh, what kind of system do you use to handicap the races? Well, when I handicap, what I do is I develop a 19-point rating system that I use that's a sliding scale, and it takes into account each horse based on how they compare to the other horses in the races, and then all those points accumulate, and the horse with the highest points I deem the most likely to win, and the lowest points is the one that's least likely. And then I construct my tickets around those numbers. Bob, when you talk a little bit about uh, constructing that point system, and I obviously I don't want you to go through the whole thing because, you know, it is paramutual wagering. We are competing against each other to a certain point, but can you give us just a couple of factors that go into that rating system? Sure. Um, what I basically do 
like I said, they compare to each other in the race. If I if I take into account the last two races of each horse, what their final quarters are, um, I make sure that they're at a similar track. I mean, a lot of times at Northfield, the, the horse competed the last time at Northfield, so I have to convert, like from a Yonkers or something. And then you, the horse with the highest um, rating, which would be the quickest final quarter, would get approximately, say, eight points. And then the first and second would get points, and third and fourth would get points, and fourth and fifth. Or you have a driver. Um, I take into account who's driven the horse the last five races, and a driver upgrade or downgrade gets points based on who the drivers were the last few races compared to who it is now. So that's a couple categories there. Bob, now, and my good Lord, this is starting to turn into our Facebook Live because now <laughs> I'm starting to forget what I was, what I was going to say. Uh, when, when you start looking at uh, handicapping angles, so to speak, like first-time Lasix, or in, sometimes in, I know the thoroughbreds, they use first-time gelding, uh, do you put a lot of time and energy into that, or are those just kind of focal points that kind of just weasel their way in? Well, when it comes to first-time Lasix, it does get some consideration, and it gets a few extra points added into my overall total. It's not a huge number, and it's a small percentage, um, but it does get a small amount tossed in there, and as far as first-time geldings, that's not a factor we have. We don't even know what that is in harness racing, but um, I also, besides those categories, I also watch replays um, that have nothing to do with the point rating system to look for horses that have trouble trips that you may not see on on the program line and sometimes i will override my highest points and bump up a horse due to a poor trip that i think he may be sitting on a on a live race coming up the next time next time around bob northfield park in my opinion has always been a driver's racetrack even go going back into the days of the Buckeye Dave Miller, when he was there, everything that he would sit behind would just get bent down to smithereens. Of course, Walter Case Jr. fit that profile as well. And fast-forwarding to 2016, 2017, now you've got guys like Aaron Merriman and Ronnie Wren Jr. It seems like if they get on a horse for the first time, regardless of the form, it seems like they are really, really bent down. Are there situations where the gambling public at Northfield Park overvalues the fact that when guys like Merriman and Run get on a horse for the first time? Oh, surely. Um, whenever whenever there's a first-time Wren or a first-time in the last four or five times Wren or Aaron Merriman deserves and it goes down in odds, I mean, that happens all the time. And um, even when I come up with my selections, um, I have them before this card even goes off, but when I see that Aaron or Wren are my top pick and uh, the odds are, say, four to five on the horse, Sometimes I'll toss them out and go, you know what, if this race, if I'm even right, this is not going to pay much. And I'm right 38% of the time. That means I'm going to be wrong 62. So I will chuck the horse out, play a ticket, a smaller ticket, and try to hit a big ticket um, with him off the ticket. Because if it wins, I'm not winning much anyways. Yeah, Bob, one thing we talked about uh, a couple of Facebook Lives ago was the ability to throw horses out. Uh, or not, excuse me, not throw horses out, throw horse trips out. Um, how important is that uh, when you're handicapping races to be able to say, you know what, he was parked a mile or, he, you know, he got boxed in or what have you. How important is it to be able to throw uh, a horse's line out that may not uh, be as good as the others? 
Well, in general, when I handicap, one particular line doesn't affect me too much on the overall handicapping of the race. Um, but throwing out those one lines, if you're just trying to handicap the race as a general person, it's very important to toss those out. I mean, put a line through them. If, if a horse is hung out the entire mile or he gets out third, shuffled, shuffled back because the front end dies and he, and he gets does a shake free to the final stretch, those are surely lines you want to toss out. I mean, so it's important to definitely locate those lines and toss them out. But um, overall, when I handicap, one particular line doesn't affect my overall rating very much. All right, Gold Sheet. Well, listen, we certainly appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your uh, busy day to uh, join the program and talk to us about your uh, handicapping expertise. That uh, listen, you can continue. Hopefully, uh, you continue the winning trek that you have. And uh, real quick, we always do a little bit of shameless uh, self promotion. Uh, where can people find you at? Facebook, Twitter. I know uh, we can find your selections on our website. Obviously, uh, where can people find you at? Well, I give out my picks um, sometimes not on Mondays on Twitter. And I'll post some additional picks on Facebook. And sometimes I even have picks that I don't give out over there. And some of my Facebook friends know just send me a personal message to say, hey, do you have anything for today? And I'll shoot out some picks there. And uh, overall, that 38% win percentage, I've been doing this, tracking my own stats publicly for seven years. And 38% just so happens to be what the seven-year average is. All right. Well, Bob, we certainly appreciate you taking time out to uh, join us, and we appreciate you uh, contributing to our team, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see you back here on Monday. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. All right. That was Gold Sheet Bob, handicapper extraordinaire, uh, Mike. He's done a fantastic job of uh, handicapping the races on Monday nights for us. And I'll tell you what, 38% over seven years, uh, that's a pretty big number. Yeah, that's a great number, as a matter of fact, and uh, we're lucky to have Gold Sheet Bob as a contributor to our website. Again, you can check his picks out every Monday at Northfield Park on Post Time with Mike and Mike.com in the Handicappers Corner section of the website. But we come back as driver Andy McCarthy on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program Retrain, Rehab, Rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Ten world-class trotters, seven countries, one million dollars on the line. It's the Yonkers International Trot on Saturday afternoon, October 14th at Empire City Casino. Defending champion Resolve tries to win another one for America. Enjoy trackside festivities including an international beer garden, live music, and more. Plus, the first 5,000 guests will receive a free hat. Manhattan's closest casino is off the Deegan Expressway, Metro North, or the 4 train. The Yonkers International Trot on October 14th, post time at 1 p.m. Race on! Must be 18 years of age or play New York Lottery Games. Please play responsibly.
That's right, Mike Carter. The International Trot is coming up a week from Saturday. And don't forget to join us next Thursday on a very special edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America as we are going to devote, Mike, the whole show next week to the International Trot. We're going to have interviews with the participants. We're going to bring in some great handicappers to talk about uh, the whole Yonkers card, which is going to be from top to bottom a fantastic harness racing program. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have some guaranteed multi-race wagers, and uh, we're going to try to break those down. But, of course, all eyes next Saturday will be on the International Trot, Mike Carter. And, uh, hey, we're we're going to be happy to talk about it. I am really looking forward to that, and it's a great, great race to have back a lot. It adds a lot of prestige to harness racing, if you ask me. Yeah, we've been to the International Trot, Mike, and I'll tell you what, what a stakes-laden program they have. Obviously, all of the New York Sire stakes uh, that are uh, going on. And, you know, Mike, it's just a fantastic time, and it's a very fast track. And I'll tell you what, Mike, the pools will be huge with the commingling of the uh, French pools. Yeah, certainly will be. And, of course, Resolve uh, looks to do it again in the International Trot. So we're going to have our preview coming up next Thursday. Our whole show will be dedicated to the International Trot on the Saturday after. Right now, it's time to bring in our good friend, driver Andy McCarthy. Uh, Andy, are you still perusing the Lexington Airport? Uh, We just got out. We're on our way over to the track now. Oh, beautiful. How was your flight in, my friend? Uh, it was a little delayed. We sat on the uh, tarmac for about 45 minutes, but apart from that, not too bad. <laughs> well, listen, with these flights, it's always something. I think it's a rarity now if you could get on them and, uh, you know, get there in, in a timely fashion. But listen, aren't you guys supposed to have the private jets? I mean, you and Yannick and T-Trick. I mean, aren't you guys supposed to have the run of the place? Uh, well, I've actually got T-Trick as my chauffeur right now. He's running me over <laughs> to the track, but uh, the private jets, I, I'm not too sure about well, well, tell Tietrick to keep his uh, mind on driving there. We know he could drive horses. I don't know how successful he is at driving cars. But listen, Andy, uh, we uh, we appreciate you joining us. And obviously, it had to be a big thrill for you to take down the little uh, or the the jughead with a caviar alley, especially for great people, uh, Judy and Buck Chaffee. It had to be a big thrill for us. Can you tell us about what was going through your mind during that race? Um. Well, through the race, you know, we we got through the first heat. She was really sharp, and then, uh, you know, we got the two in the in the final heat there, and I was pretty worried because I know how good um, Brian Brown's filly is, but she, I think she just might add a little bit of an off day, and I, I kind of looked up coming out of that third turn, and seeing she just wasn't quite travelling as good as what um, Trace probably would have liked, so I uh, decided to take a shot and race her a little bit. Now, Andy, uh, you've had... Go ahead. Sorry, Mike. No, yeah, go ahead. It ended up working out good. Uh, you know, she she got through that last turn a little bumpy, and then I got um, Trace's filly collared there by the head of the stretch, and it, it, it looked pretty good from there on in. Now, Andy, uh, talk to us a little bit about how you uh, – obviously, you, you got the drive on Caviar Alley. Uh, how did that drive come about? And uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, also how you got into the sport of harness racing. I know you haven't been on our show before, and uh, we, I'm sure our fans want to know a little bit more about you. Um, well, first off, I, I come over to the States in 2007. Uh, I met Noel Daly probably – uh, 2005 or six, uh, back home in Australia. It was around Christmas time, and um, I'd mentioned to him that I, I'd thought about coming over, and uh, so he told me to come on over, and he gave me a place to live and a, a car to drive around, and he really took me in and uh, helped me out a lot. So that's the that's the 
the only reason I'm here and uh, still going today. But as far as getting a drive on Caviar Alley, Nold Alley trains her, and um, you know he's he's really been supportive of me and and helped me out through the years. And I drove her pretty much her whole two-year-old career and and um, carried on to three. You know she uh, she was just uh, in the shadows of the good ones at two, and then even early at three she was still kind of just in the shadows, finishing second and third to them, but didn't really ever look like she was. Um, quite as good as like the agent cues and whatnot, but uh, Noel added LASIK to the Pennsylvania Thigh Stakes final, and it really made a big difference. And that's what it seemed like uh, she really took a step forward uh, was in that Pennsylvania Science Thanks event here at Harris, Philadelphia. Andy, I mean, she got to the lead and we were just kind of waiting, you know, for Agent Q to get up there and, and Caviar Alley was just pouring it on on the front end. She was super good that day. Yeah, she was vicious that day. And, um, when she never really finished off a miles that strong in the last 16th, she always gets a little weak, but she didn't that day. I was kind of waiting for... Um, Agent Q to get up a little closer to me, and I, you know, I stepped on the gas pretty good there when I when I seen Dave move her over and just try to play catch me if you can kind of deal. But um, you know, Caveat Alley really put in a good mile that day. He couldn't even get close. Now, obviously, you talked a little bit about being worried about blazing bridges that afternoon. Was the two heats any sort of concern for you, or was there no doubt that uh, she could really uh, she could race back in two heats and not have any problems? Uh, the two heats really weren't a concern. She's a really good doing filly. You know, she holds her weight well, and um, she likes her work. She, um, uh, the two heats weren't ever a problem. We weren't too worried about that. It was just uh, having to follow Brian Brown's uh, filly around there and trying to get by her. You know, I, I, I was really hoping for the one because as sharp as she was in the first heat, I thought they'd have a hard time getting around her, but, you know, and vice versa. But as it turned out, we uh, we come up good. Andy, let's talk about uh, a little bit about your career going forward. Obviously, you've uh, put it all together over the last couple of years. You're driving with, obviously, the greats, you know, Yannick and Tim Tietrich and the Hall of Famer Dave Miller, and obviously you've had opportunities to drive against uh, John Campbell, just some of the great drivers out there. Where do you see yourself in a couple of years? What would be that race that you'd like to win that would put a feather in your cap in your career? Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to win a – any kind of race on like Hambo Day or um, one of the big ones, you know, obviously everybody wants to win a Hamiltonian or a Little Brown Jug. You know, the Jugget was great this year. Um, but uh, Breeders' Crown, I'm yet to crack a Breeders' Crown. Uh, you know, hopefully moving forward we can get one of those. And, um, you know, I'm not going to set the, the standard too high. I just kind of have to get the way things are poking along now and we'll try and keep it going. Obviously, uh, you'll be driving at the Red Mile over the next uh, couple of days. Anybody, maybe from a gambling point of view, any of our listeners can uh, look forward to uh, who you're driving out there? Um, you know, we've got <laughs> this trotting cold, and he is a big gamble. But uh, Sorty, he, he keeps making breaks. He qualified really good. But um, I'm, I'm sure he's going to put him in the security, and I, I think we've almost got him. You know, if he just keeps his mind to it and stays flat. I'm sure he's one of the best in there. All right, fantastic. Wendy, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, keep an eye on T-Trick. He's doing the speed limit, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's keeping it well under the speed limit. He doesn't need any more speed and fight. <laughs> Very good. Well, hope, hopefully he can, he can get you there in one piece. Andy, we appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. All right, that was Andy McCarthy. <laughs> Obviously, with a lot of, a lot of faith in the uh, – 
the the right gas uh, gas foot of uh, Tim Tetrick right there and uh, uh, Tetrick playing chauffeur. I thought these guys took the private jets, the private helicopters. Whatever happened to those days? Well, you know they were probably hey, fine, flying first class yeah. anyway. Well, listen, I think a few of them might, you know, might still do that. Who knows? But I'll tell you what, sometimes uh, the good old-fashioned car will get you into the best spot. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take this final time on Mike Carter. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono is fast and phenomenal. Fall racing is here. We race Mondays at 4.30, Tuesdays and Saturdays at 6.30, and Sundays at 7.30. The Ghost and Poltergeist Pace is coming up. Spooky Gray Pacers and a Halloween Spooktacular on October 31st. Sponsored by the Harness Racing Museum and Hall of Fame. Children in costumes are welcome. Stop by the museum gift shop in the racing lobby. The Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. Ten world-class trotters, seven countries, one million dollars on the line. It's the Yonkers International Trot on Saturday afternoon, October 14th at Empire City Casino. Defending champion Resolve tries to win another one for America. Enjoy trackside festivities, including an international beer garden, live music, and more. Plus, the first 5,000 guests will receive a free hat. Manhattan's closest casino is off the Deegan Expressway, Metro North, or the 4 train. The Yonkers International Trot on October 14th, post time at 1 p.m. Race on! Must be 18 years of age to play New York Lottery Games. Please play responsibly. All right, Mo, Mike, I don't know where the time's gone, but it's certainly been a fun show. And uh, don't forget, everybody, join us next Saturday, Mike. We're going to have – or next Thursday, rather, at 1030. Is we're going to have a <laughs> lot of fun talking about that international trot. Yeah, definitely. We're going to have a lot of fun with that. We've got some live – one more live remote coming up uh, for the Breeders' Crown that's coming up in just a couple of weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun out at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. I thought I heard the uh, – there it is. I hear the closer now. I, I thought maybe you cut it out on me there, Mike. And now it's it's building momentum as we speak. Remember, that's a <laughs> slow build. All right. Well, we will see everybody back here next Thursday for the Yonkers International Trot Post Time with Mike and Mike special. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. We'll see you back here next Thursday. First post is 1030. Good night, everybody. No!